0: Now I told y'all last week I stopped in chapter 15 for a purpose, and because it it talks about things uh, that I'm not comfortable talking about. So I'm being honest with you. I'm just not going to talk about them now Uh, because there's things that, in my opinion, uh, Moses had to write all this down. But I can't you can't make me believe that Moses went to the ladies and said, "Okay, this is the way you got to do it." That ain't that didn't happen. And so. There's some things that you you can study when men and women are together. There's some things better left to study when only women are together. And there's some things better to study only when men are together. When you're in a mixed group, uh, I'm just not gonna do it. So uh, y'all just read all you want to, about chapter 15, underline all you want to. Ladies, if you got a question, go ask another woman. Okay? (laughs) Don't come to me with it, because I'll say duh. And guys, same thing. If, you've, uh, if you see some questions in there and uh, uh, some things you want to know about, well, I'll, I'll be happy to fill you in on what little I know about it. Um, but I just don't feel comfortable in talking about women's things in a mixed group. Uh, or even uh, I wouldn't talk to the men about this, and, and I don't feel comfortable talking about the things that it refers to about the men and, and their marriages uh, in, in a group setting like that. So uh, I hope and pray y'all understand. So we're going we're gonna to skip uh, chapter 15. And there are some things in there that we could talk about, but we just we just won't bring it all up. Because I know what will happen. I will die right off in the middle of it and I will get embarrassed. And, and y'all will ask one question and I, I absolutely won't know the answer to it. So uh, we're, let's start in chapter 16, if it's okay with y'all. Okay. Now, if you hadn't read chapter 15, you're going to be really curious as to what it says, aren't you? So you can go home and read it for sure and you'll know why I'm talking about that. All right, so let's go ahead and talk, uh, read uh, chapter 16. Uh, and, and you know, it goes from all of these, these uh, laws of cleanliness and uncleanliness and, it, and it's almost like it reverts back to when uh, the Lord killed Aaron's two sons. But I don't think it really reverts back. I think it's time again for, for the, the sacrifices to be done and he specifically speaks through Moses to Aaron on, on what he expects from this. So if somebody would, would you read me uh, verses uh, 1 through 10, please?
1: i it. <clears throat> now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered profane fire before the Lord and died. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at just any time into the holy place inside the veil, before the mercy seat which is on the ark, lest he die. For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Thus Aaron shall come into the holy place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering, and of a ram as a burnt offering. He shall put the holy linen tunic and the linen trousers on his body, he shall be girded with the linen sash, and the linen turban he shall be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore he shall wash his body in water, and put them on. And he shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats as a sin offering, and one ram as a burnt offering. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself and make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the Lord's lot fell and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it and to let it go as the scapegoat into the wilderness.
0: All right, so we, we see here that uh, that the, the tabernacle had been polluted because of, of the sin of uh, Aaron's two sons. And it, like I said, this happened a ways back and remember that he Lord killed him. As a matter of fact, he, he burned them evidently from what, what I gathered from it. Uh, and uh, and and Aaron was commanded not to come out of the tabernacle, not to say anything about it. If, if he did, the Lord was going to kill him too. So this is this is something that the Lord spoke to Moses to, uh, after the death of those two boys, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, and uh, and he wanted him to know that what he wanted him to do now, he better do it, and he better do it correctly. Amen and he wanted him to do this because if he didn't, his life was in danger also. God very serious about, about this uh, thing, and, 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 I, and I know why. You know, you, you look at this, what, what Aaron is fixing to do is, is a picture, and, and not a whole picture, but a, a, a picture of the, of the main part of what Christ was gonna do for all of us. And so God ain't joking about this. Let me tell you what, we can laugh and giggle, and I love that when we laugh and giggle. But there's a time when we need to stop the laughter, stop the giggling, and we need to be serious with God about what he has actually done for us. And we need to have the, I love a solemn assembly. I don't like a a morbid assembly where everybody looks like they're mad. I like a solemn assembly where, where people are focused Entirely on, on what Jesus Christ has done for us and when you think about what he's done for us It makes you joy, joyful, but it also gives an air of sadness that he had to do what he did for us and, and, uh, and the joy part is that he did what he did for us And he did it willingly Okay, and so when, uh, so this is not a joke to God This is uh, something he was going to send Jesus Christ his son to, to do Uh, for our behalf and he wanted them to know early on the seriousness of what what was taking place here. So the first thing Aaron had to do, and we talked about this, that Hebrews mentions this, that Jesus Christ became the the high priest, not after Aaron, but after Melchizedek. And he was a high priest that didn't have to sanctify himself before he could do an offering. And so we find out right off the bat that uh, Aaron has has got to, uh, Uh, coming to the holy place and he's got to bring a bull and he's got to bring that bull and he's got to sacrifice it uh, uh, and a ram for a burnt offering but he has to do this on behalf of his family Okay, so the bull is for for Aaron and and his family verse 5 says he said uh, and he shall take of the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering so he's not only it's time for him to offer the the uh, the sacrifice for the sin of the nation, for the sin of all the people, and before he is eligible to do that, he's got to make sacrifice and sanctify his own lo- his own self and seek forgiveness for his sins and not only his but the sins of his uh, of his in- entire family, and that, that begins by he's got to wash himself. He's got to give himself a bath. He got to wash his clothes. Uh, he, and uh, and he has to put on all of the the. Uh, the garments that the Lord had laid forth for him to pre- uh, perform this, uh, this sacrifice. And so uh, when, it, when they did that, he, he, the, verse six it said, uh, he offered the bullet of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make an atonement for himself and for his house. So he has other sons, so uh, this one sacrifice, it was good for, for all of these boys that was included in the in the, in the priesthood that w- would be taking a part in this. Now we find <coughs> out something about two goats, and uh, and and uh, somebody explain to me what these two goats are all about. One of them is the
1: scapegoat is supposed to carry evil away. Okay. And what was the other one for? Yeah. Eight, seven,
0: eight, seven, eight. The other one was for the blood. To, for, for forgiveness of the sin, and the scapegoat was for it to be taken away. Now, how did they decide which goat was which? They cast lots. They cast lots, and I, I look at this, you know, we have, uh, mentioned one time, and when they cast lots, they, they claim they used bones, or they use the your uh, the human, you. Well, I can't even say it, the human and human, whatever that was, we don't know exactly what that was, but every time when I picture this, I think, okay, they had two dice, and they said, okay, if, if it's an even number, if this one's gonna die, if it's an odd number, that one's gonna be the scapegoat. And they rolled the dice and that's the way they pick. And it's kind of the way they did it, okay? And so uh, they didn't leave any, they, this was left up to chance and they were allowed to pitch, uh, pick which goat was which and they used this, that they used, uh, now listen to this, they used this type of thing in more than one instance in the Bible. And sometimes they used it for spiritual things, but it was it was always usually to decide who was going to do what. And so in this instance, it, it was going to decide which one of these goats was going to live and which one of these goats was going to die. And so uh, I don't think either one of them was really good for the goats. Uh, the one that lived got taken out into the wilderness. We're going to see here in a minute. But uh, so this is the way they picked the goat. And uh, he said he shall uh bring the goat upon which the lord's lot fell that means this is the one that's going to be offered and killed and, and given to the lord uh and his blood would be the sacrificial blood for the sins of israel okay for all the people and then and then the other goat was uh, the scapegoat that they called it and he shall be presented alive before the lord to make an atonement with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. Now let me ask you a question. All of these are symbolic of, of Christ. All of these are. Which goat was Jesus? And that's a trick question. Think about it. Which goat was Jesus? He was, uh, sin he
1: shed
0: his blood. He's both of them. He's both of them. He, he became all of these things. And think about it. Christ shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. But when John the Baptist beheld Christ, what did he say? Behold, the Lamb of God that does what? Taketh away, the sins of the world. So he's going to shed, his, not only shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, now he's going to take what from us? Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Think about that. What Christ did for us. He, he, when he says that, y'all, he does it to the uttermost. That's scripture, now, not something I'm making up. Now, to me, that word "uttermost," he does it as much as it can be done. Amen. He he does it, and it can't be no more done than that right there. And I think that's beautiful that Jesus Christ did that. A lot of people don't think he he did went that far with it. Amen. A lot of people think that there's more to be done by us. But my scripture tells me that he died once and for all.
2: Yeah.
0: Amen? Amen. Amen. He died once and for all. We don't have to do nothing else for that. Our part is to, is to make the atonement of repentance, to make the atonement of c- confession. That's our part. And then he's faced from justice to cover that up. That's our part. And, and so that's what uh, we, we, we must do. But Christ is all of these animals. He's, all, he's not only the, the goat and the scapegoat. He's also the bull. Amen. Because he, he is, uh, he is the, the blood cleanses everything. All right. So uh, it's going to go into the more of the explanation of the sin offering for Aaron. Somebody read for me verses 11 through 14, please.
2: And Aaron shall bring the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, And shall make an atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bullock of the sin offering which is for himself. And he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord, and his hands full of sweet incense beaten small, and bring it within the veil. And he shall put this incense upon the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. And he shall take of the blood of the bullet and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward and before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his finger seven times.
0: Okay, so the, 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 notice in verse 11 how many times it mentions that this is for himself. It's for himself. It's for his house. And again, it's for himself. Mm-hmm. It's very important to God that we have a personal cleansing now i understand he's a high priest and he's fixing to do something that was going to be something that christ would do for us all later on but still the lord expects us to have a time of personal cleansing amen you know i I look at uh, gene and, and sam back there and 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 they're one. They're, they're married, and they're one. Jim and Alder, they're one. Ann and the one. Gary and Vicki, they're one. And all of us who are married are, are one with our wives and our husbands. But I cannot ask forgiveness for my wife, and she can't ask it for me. There's got to be that personal time for because see, unlike the world today, God still believes in accountability and responsibility. Amen? Amen. The world teaches us. And see, that's something that the world, if you look at at what Satan has done in the world, and the evil that's in this world, and you look at the the ways of men, and the mindset (coughs) of men, and what the children are being taught in our schools, y'all, I'm gonna tell you, and and some people would get offended at me, because I know people work at school, uh, and it's not all schools, thank God, we live in, in the south and it's not as, as prevalent here. But our universities and uh, a lot of the schools are teaching stuff that is absolute evil.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Wickedness and evil. And they're taking away all responsibility and all accountability. And I'm gonna tell you, it started a long time ago. And, and I, I've always been a, a, a against. Uh, you know, when, when my when I played baseball, you won, you got a trophy. Mm-hmm. You lost, you might get a snow cone. I had a boy. Listen to me. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they said, Well, this ain't fair to the losers. They need to get something too, because they played the game. So guess what they started doing? They started giving away trophies to the losers. And the trophies the losers got was just as nice as the trophies the winners got. Mm-hmm. And you say, well. What's wrong with that? Because you're rewarding failure because you think it's fair. I heard a message from a, my old favorite preacher. His name was Adrian Rogers. A lot of people listen to Adrian, on the radio. He's still got a little worth finding broadcast. And I was listening to him driving down the highway the other day and that's a rare thing for me to listen to a preacher preach, but when he's on, I'm listening to him. And he said it's time that we quit trying to tell God to be fair, because God ain't worried about being fair. Amen. Listen to me. He's worried about being just. There you go. And his explanation to that is if he we want him to be fair. We want him to treat the losers like the winners. He ain't gonna do that. Mm -hmm. You know who the losers are? The lost people. That's right. You know who the winners are? The saved people. Now let me tell you what, they're not gonna get a trophy for being lost. They're not gonna get a reward. They're not gonna get access to heaven. They're not getting anything because he's a just (laughs) God. Not that he wants them to go to hell. The Bible tells us he don't want anybody to go to hell. Don't (laughs) he? And a lot of people say, well, how can he send people to hell? He ain't gonna send you to hell. You're gonna choose it, your own self. Amen? Amen? You're going to choose hell. You know how you do that? Just don't do nothing. Reject him. Don't listen to him. Don't obey him. Don't believe in him. Don't receive him. Amen? Don't laugh for it. You'll get there mighty quick. Amen? And Bible study is a thing that people don't do much of anymore. Especially an intense Bible study where you talk about this very stuff. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm talking to you right now, there's people who are going to be watching this video that are going to be offended by that. Yeah. Because they think the kids that lose already get a reward. So we're teaching our kids by example that it's okay to fail. And, and I do tell them it's okay to fail. It's not okay to stay failed. You've you got to get, a, all of us fail, but you got to get up, brush yourself off, and move on. If you fail while
2: you're trying to do right, that's when it's okay. That's when on. you learn, isn't
0: it? That's when you learn. Yeah, more people learn more from their failures than they do from their victories. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Amen? That's right. They learn more from their failures than they do from their victories. Hmm. Believe it. You fail by inaction, that's that's when it's a total failure. right. Anyway, so uh, this verse 11, and I know I, I, I went chasing a rabbit there, but I wanted you to see that the Lord told Aaron, this is for yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is for your boys that's gonna help you, but this is for you. He said that three times in that one verse to make sure he got the message, this is for you, it's for yourself. You've got to get yourself right because nobody else can do it for you. I'm telling you that tonight. If you don't have yourself right, there ain't nothing I can do for you. That's why we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we can go to him without going through someone else. We can call upon his name when we get ready. And you know what the sad part is? We're not ready near as much as we ought to be. Amen.
1: You know, Brother Gary, with you saying that, I would like to challenge everybody to walk down here and look at that picture on the right and read that scripture, Mm -hmm. and then look at the one on the left. And and if that don't move them, if they don't feel something, if they don't get tingles all over their body, they're aint human. Because that tells the whole story right. That's
0: right. Yeah. And you think, well, that's him is his glory. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's him is his glory.
1: And that's him talking to his father. That's
0: That's not him winning. That's him winning. Mm -hmm. That's where he won the victory. Exactly. He got to that point by doing that. Mm -hmm. But that led him to this. The
1: ultimate was the victory was the cross.
0: That's it. The cross. From the From
1: the And then from the grave. And then the resurrection.
0: Amen. And so this is something we gotta figure out. And then he says, now that you've got yourself ready, he shall take a censer full of burning coals. What got his sons killed? Offering strange fire before the Lord. So he, he reiterates, he says, I want you to take this censer. Now they had a censer too, but they weren't going behind the veil because Aaron was the only one going behind the veil. So the censer that they had may have been the one that he's supposed to take behind the veil. They were supposed to take coals off the uh, altar of sacrifice and took it to the altar of incense and put the coals down and put the incense the way the Lord had told them to mix it on there and it made a sweet aroma. That was on this this side of the veil. Yeah. Aaron was fixing to go on the other side of the veil, the bad spot, the place only he could go yeah. by, as, as being high priest. See, that being that high priest, they didn't know but. Ain't all tracked up to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what Brother Big L, a man with me and Bob used to, and A.D. used to work with at the mill. And we used to tease him because he was the boss's favorite. Amen. Mm-hmm. And one day he walked in there, and, and what, what being the boss's favorite led to was everything that boss wanted done, that's who he went to. And he come in there one day. He was nasty and greasy and sweat running off of him. And he had air hoses and impact wrenches hanging off of him. he had been doing an old ugly, nasty job by himself. And look, he looked at me and Bob. He said, "You know, being number one I ain't all this cracked up." <laughs> 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 yeah, that's what he said. And so sometimes being the high priest wasn't all that cracked up because see he was the one who to, to go back behind the veil. And if he didn't get it right, the Lord was going to smite him dead right there. Yeah. And so he said, "I want you to take this censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord. This is a, a altar sacrifice, and I want you to take." hands full of sweet incense, beaten small, and bring it within the bale. So now he's taking this, he's got this center with the coals in it, he's got a handful of incense, and the Lord, now, now what is this symbolic of? What is this symbolic of? Prayer. The incense is the prayer, the aroma God smells is, a, is symbolic of our prayers that gets God's attention. Okay, and this incense was designed for the Lord to smell the sweet aroma. It got his attention focused on where it was coming from, okay? So it's symbolic of our prayers. And it said, and he put the incense upon the fire before the Lord, and, when, and a cloud appeared of the incense. Not the cloud of the Lord, but the cloud of the incense. In other words, the smoke. And he'd take the smoke in the center, and he waved it across, and he would cover the mercy seat. What was the mercy seat? It was the golden plate that sat on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. that had the crown around it with the two cherubims facing each other with their wings spread out facing each other. And this mercy seat, he would take that center and he would do that and that cloud or that smoke from that incense would cover the mercy seat. It's all symbolism mm-hmm. of what our prayers are to look like. And so, uh, he, and he said, uh, now look at this, he said, Uh, the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not Mm -hmm. so this was an insinuation about his son's death he didn't want him to make the same mistake they made this had to be done correctly the way the Lord had had told him to and so he should have taken the blood of the bullet so he got the blood in there with him and sprinkled it with his finger up on the mercy seat which direction? East, toward the east. Is there anything to that? Yeah. Sure, it is. Amen. That's the that's reason I get up and look at the east every morning. The reason you glance at the east every once in a while. And I, and I used to glance at the east and talk about the sunrise. I never glance that way anymore. That I don't think about the Lord coming in the clouds of glory mm-hmm. from that direction. That's what always I think about when I look at that direction. And so, uh, uh, this is this is what he says. He sprinkled blood upon his finger upon the mercy seat, eastward, and before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his finger seven times. So he sprinkled it in front of the mercy seat. Now, what was all this for? For himself. Think about that. It was all for him, for himself. Okay. All right. Any questions about this? Any comments about it? Real okay. There,
2: when he's in verse twelve, when he told them to take this burning coals of fire from off the altar, was it not that the sons did they, they had strange fire that did not come off of the altar? Is
0: that yeah, the it, it really don't elaborate. It, it really don't elaborate. They had no business with the censer. Now they they would have used the censer to get the coals to take to the and dump them on the uh, altar of incense. And so it, it really don't specify just whatever they did is something the Lord had not told them to do. And they took it on themselves to do it a different way. They left
2: out or added to the instructions. They did it the wrong. Yeah,
0: they did, And they did it wrong. And, and the Lord wanted them to know what they did. And wanted Aaron and all of them to know what they did was unacceptable to him because he had a, he had a meaning there that he wanted us to get Right. right. And it had something to do with incense, prayer, and where the fire came from. We all we know that. Yeah. So so prayer is something that the Lord wants us to do. Yeah. You know how often Paul says, "Pray." Does Anybody know? Continuous.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All day. Yeah. Never ceasing.
2: Never ceasing.
0: Yeah. So so what does that tell us, Todd? If 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 he expects us to pray without ceasing, what does that tell us about that means, prayer? That means have a continual
3: attitude of, of prayer. That do not mean be bent down at the altar. It could not mean crying and wailing. It, it no, could. You could conduct your normal business that way. But it's kind of like in Joshua when he says, let not this word depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night. The right. same attitude is even thinking of the things of God or thinking what God thinks about something I I, I guess what it means is you know, like, you're always mindful of him in your conscience, Mm
4: -hmm. in your spirit, man, you know. I tell you, man, you you can pray anywhere, anytime.
0: Anywhere, anytime, during any situation. There's no time when you can't pray. It it don't have to be out loud. It don't have to be kneeling. Now let me tell you, I challenge you, as you study in your Bible, to start looking at the different ways people pray. And what they did. Well, some of them, <laughs> some of them got down to business with these prayers. Now, some of them were just simple two or three words, and and great things came of it. There was warnings about prayer and what you pray for and what you ask for. The Lord was trying to tell us: be careful what you pray for. You might get it. Exactly. Amen. Amen. <laughs> when, you, when you say, Lord, I want your will to be done or you place someone you love in God's hands and say, Lord, they're not saved. I want you to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, Lord, I want to see them saved. You better look out.
2: You might not, you might not get what you're looking for. Because
0: he knows exactly where they've got to get to get where, he, exactly. where you want them. Uh-huh. And he'll put them there. Yep. And then even after he puts them there, it's still up to them. Whether they'll reach out to them,
5: you know, brother Gary. I've been reading that Holy Spirit book, and it's it's really telling me a lot. And God wants everybody to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We got to be. I mean, some people will be filled with the Holy Spirit on Sunday. Sometimes they when they have trouble, they ask, they pray, and a lot, and they get filled with the Holy Spirit. But God wants it to be continuous. He don't want it to be Sunday. He wants you to be submissive of God throughout the whole
0: week, every week. And a person that believes you only need the Holy Spirit on Sunday, that might be why they just act like Jesus on Sunday, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, they act like the devil. Because mm-hmm. see, the Holy is not something you just get for one day a week. No. The Holy Spirit, as a matter of fact, worship and coming to church and and praise, is it to me, is a natural result of the Holy Spirit's dwelling in you Mm -hmm. but living for Jesus the rest of the time is the power of the Holy Spirit that's in you Mm -hmm. that you're not just living for Jesus you're not just praising Jesus when you're a group of other believers you're doing it in the unbelievers
5: he wants you to be full of the Holy Spirit and stay
0: full of that's right and we can remember the the sermon from about three weeks ago we can draw a well water from the wells of salvation that's what he's telling us he tells you can draw it anytime you want to these wells are open to you when you get saved you got a well draw from it amen that's what he's telling us and that's that's what we need to believe that's what we need to understand don't ever be afraid that you can stop whatever you're doing in the middle of the you're in a bad day And you're chewing people out, and you're making people mad, and you're thinking things you don't need to think, and you're angry, and you're doing things you don't need to be doing, drop that, and draw some out of that well. That's what it's for. It's for the power to not do what you're yielding to. That's what it is. Amen. And so, uh, anyway, it's it's not easy, is it? Is it? (laughs) Yeah.
2: There's no doubt, no doubt that, uh, you know, I mean that you, whenever you put that, your will be done, <laughs> you know. Uh, I know back when were, Kelly was a teenager, you know, when they were playing here, I didn't do a whole lot of praying, didn't go to a whole lot of church. But Janice did, and she prayed one night that, because Kelly was out drinking, running around, and, and just, <laughs> and she prayed one night, "Your will would be done," you know, in her prayer. And it wasn't two weeks later that he was shot, mm-hmm. you know, out drinking and and everything. Like, so it it does work. Yes, it does. It, it, it does. does. And he straightened up after that too.
1: Even Jesus asked that it be, if it be His will.
0: Yeah. If it be his, your will, let this pass from me. Well, it couldn't pass from me. That's what he came for. That was, the, that was his time, his hour. And you know what? We miss this a lot, Todd. We miss this a lot. When Jesus was baptized, what happened to him? He
1: was taken
0: into the wilderness, he was tempted. Well, the Holy Spirit descended on him visibly and landed on him like a dove. Well, the next scripture tells us that he fasted 40 days or 40 nights, and listen to me, the Spirit led him to the wilderness. What led Christ? Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Spirit did, Mm -hmm. amen? We find that confusing because we, we can't understand the Trinity of God that Jesus was Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But he, he exhibited where we could see. What was the voice represented? They wanted him to know the Father was up there talking. Mm-hmm. Jesus was down there, and the Holy Ghost was descended on him and landed on him. He, all of it was right there. He wanted us to see who he was. That's the reason the Bible says all the fullness of, of, the, of the Godhead dwelleth in him bodily. They were all there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say, well, you believe in three God. No, I don't either. I believe in one God. And I believe He manifests Himself, and that's visible in a visible and a and and a and a uh, uh, evidence, of, but through speech, through hearing, that 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 was true. The Father spoke; the Holy Ghost descended on the Son. Three manifestations of one God. He is He is omnipresent, and the Bible tells us that He made us in His image. But then it turns around and says, he's a spirit. Amen? Mm -hmm. How can that be? Because that's the way he shows himself to all men. In those those forms. You hear the voice, (laughs) you you see the the spirit, and the son. And they're one. What the scripture says. Three bear record in heaven. The father, the word, and the holy ghost. And these three are (coughs) one not a fabrication, it's not, a, it's not idolatry, it's a fact from scripture. Yeah. They're and it's,
5: all separate, but they're all one. It's kind of, they're not separate. They're not. Uh, no, they're not separate. Well, it's all the same. I mean, it's all the same. It's
0: God. Yeah. And, you know, and you want to throw a, a monkey wrench into all this? Jesus in St. John, I don't remember what chapter says, listen to what he says. My Father is greater than I am. He did say that. You know why he said that? Because he is in a flesh. Exactly. And in the flesh, the Father was greater than him, because the Father told him everything to do. He said, if he don't tell me to do it, I don't do it. Yeah. I do everything the Father tells me to do. He's greater than I am. I'm here for that purpose. Mm. <clears throat> but you know what? After he resurrected, guess what? All power was given to him. In heaven and in earth, He is it now. That's why the fullness dwells in Him. We're in His image. Boy, I could just—I love this stuff. You know, I think about that
3: too, Brother Gary. Like He created us in His image, and you know, you think about the Scripture saying that God is a consuming fire, and you talk about Him being a spirit, and you hear him talk about not being able to be looked upon or you won't live. And then he, you know, then he talks about like he's the, the invisible God and no man has seen him at any time. Thank Christ in God, the Trinity together in heaven, because he is beginning. He always was, he always will be. Uh, knew that this creation that he was going to create he was gonna come as one of them, to them. Because he wasn't man before. Think about that. He never was man at the first time. When he created Adam, that was the first man. And then Jesus came, God came as his image. Yeah. What he what he made. He could have, the Bible don't say, before he ever created man, he could have went through this a kazillion times and created something different every time. Yeah. And visited, you know. We don't know whatever. And then, but when it gets to us, this is how he
0: handled it. Yeah. Think about this. We are the created image of God. Jesus Christ is the expressed image of God. Mm -hmm. And that's there's a difference in that. Mm -hmm. And so the expressed image of God was the one he showed us. That was like the created image of God in man. He made him a man.
3: And you know, like you said not too long ago, when when he appeared and ate with Abraham, I believe that was pre-incarnate appearance of the Son of God. That's what what Abraham said. That's what the Bible said, the Lord. Yeah, And he didn't appear to him like he did in that burning fire like he did to Moses or he wouldn't have been.
0: Uh No, he appeared to him as a man and he sat down and ate with him. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then he stayed there and communed with him. And the other two went on to yeah. care of their business. Yeah. It, it's amazing. And, and so, you know, we need to get off these things, but we got all everything figured out. We ain't never going to figure all this stuff out. Not on this side. No. no. And we may not never know on that side, but we just can't, we can't hold all that. Only God's that big. And he, did, I don't think he created us to, to know all that. He lets us know the revelation and, and, and I'm going to tell y'all something I learned in experiencing God. If y'all were here and listening to Brother Gene the other day, he told you that he wanted to find saved after experiencing God. Y'all heard that, didn't No, mm-hmm. tiring. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in experiencing and God, uh, when he he's talking about the image of God and everything, uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. I got off the track with Brother Gene telling me he thought I was lost. But anyway, uh, experiencing God is a good study if you ever get a chance to do it. All right, let's move on uh, to verse, uh, somebody read for me verses 15 through 19, please. I read it. Nobody else
5: said anything. (laughs) 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 Then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people, and bring his blood within the veil, and do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bullock, and sprinkle it upon the mercy seat, and before the mercy seat. And he shall make an atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel, and because of their transgressions in all their sins, and so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. And there shall be no man in the tabernacle of the congregation when he goeth to in to make an atonement in the holy place until he come out and have made an atonement for himself and for his household and for all the congregation of Israel. And he shall go out unto the altar that is before the Lord and make an atonement for it and shall take of the blood of the bullock and of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar round about and he shall sprinkle of the blood upon it with his finger seven times and cleanse it and hallow it from the uncleanness of the children of Israel. Okay, so you see that
0: again. He, he keeps reiterating. Uh, he, he Underline in this chapter 16 how many times he refers to Aaron as himself. And, and the, the, what he's got to do before he is even able to make this sacrifice for the sins of other <coughs> people Okay? and what you see this happening is something that Aaron could not possibly do that Christ did and that's be sinless okay and so it, it says an atonement for the holy place so he, he's got to cleanse the, the temple because it's been it's been it's been uh, uh, it, it's been polluted because of what went on there So he's cleansing the temple, he's cleansing the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions in all their sins and so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. I want want to tell you something. When when the Bible refers to here that he cleans them of all their sins, what sins is he talking about? Is he talking about past sins? Present sins or future sins?
2: But he he does say all, all
0: sins? Well, he does say all. But sins that hadn't been committed yet are our sins. Mm-hmm. Now, the scripture tells us that when we're saved and we become this new creation, that all of our past sins are forgiven. And so he's, he's looking back a year because they have to do this annually, Brother sound. So from the time they did, of course, they hadn't done this before. But all the sins previous to this are forgiven. It don't include future sins, okay? Now this is the power that Christ's blood has that these bulls didn't have and these goats didn't have because their their situation, a lot of people don't agree with me on this, but their, their situations. no sin goes unpunished by the way. There's a consequence for every sin and there's a, there's a everybody that dies i'd say 90 percent maybe even more have got sin in their lives when they die does that exclude them from heaven yeah. why if, if that excluded us from heaven we'd have, it would depend on the timing of our death whether we made it to heaven or not whether we make it to heaven or not ain't got nothing to do with the timing of our death, y'all. Well,
3: one thing is we're bought, we're purchased with a price. <laughs> we belong to him. Amen. If their sin is taken
1: care of at that
3: point. If you ain't around no more to, to uh, repent of it, and if you do repent, we have an advocate for the Father. You're supposed to act that out while you're alive. Amen. So that purchase one that he bought from the dominion of sin is now his.
0: That's right. And and that's the reason they use the terminologies they use. Reckon, ransom, redeemed, those are all uh, uh, come from bookkeeping and from accounting. Because, and everybody that knows what those words mean knows that someone has assumed someone else's debt. Amen? They've assumed someone else's debt. They've taken on the role. You can't lose your house because another fella's paid for it. You didn't pay for it, another fella did. Praise God that Jesus is our other fella. That redeemed us, that ransomed us. The devil's got held us hostage, but the Lord said, mm, I'm gonna ransom them. I'm gonna pay the ransom. I saw a deal one time that, that it had a little skit, with uh, Jesus asking Satan, what's it gonna take? What's it gonna take for me to get this world back from you? Mm-hmm. He said, you're gonna have to die for it. He said, okay, <laughs> I'll do it. And he did. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. Mm-hmm. You know what the Bible says Jesus became when he hung on that tree? A curse. Now let me ask you a question: Who was cursed? Just the, devil? Just the Jews? No, the whole, everything, his whole creation. Everything on earth, every person on earth, even the animals were a part of the curse. It goes into that early on in Romans eight, I just read it the other day,
3: where all creation is groaning, moaning, and groaning to see the sons of man. And I believe that means he until we're all redeemed finally, this thing's even gonna be lifted off of them. Yeah, so, because the first man's the one who brought it on.
0: That's right. And so when the the curse was placed on man through Adam, yes. But the curse was lifted from man by the second Adam, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it was lifted because when he was hung on the tree, we don't, you don't even think about that when you read this in the Old Testament, cursed is he that hangeth on the tree. Don't really mean all that much. Take them down before dark. Don't let their bodies hang up there after dark. Don't think much about it when you're reading that, but that's just common sense. It wasn't a picture of what we think, it was a picture of him. And he, when he hung on that tree, became the curse for who? The whole world. and he assumed that curse, why? To free us from it, he took it on himself. That's why this world is gonna stay under that curse, but the next world can't have it because he's done took care of it. And so when we get there, when we get there, we're gonna get there because we believed on him and we called on his name, we received salvation from him, we're going to get there for that reason. And when we get there, everything before that's gone. It's all gone. We ain't taking none of our sin. We ain't taking nothing over there with us. Nothing that defiles will be in that place. Amen. Y'all, yeah, we got to stop. I know I don't want a few minutes over, but I just love this kind of teaching right here. I love this kind of discussion. We just can't brag enough about how great God is. You know, we need to learn to brag more on them. We need to to, to, to just, you know what? I get to talking to people sometimes, and I get to talking about this kind of stuff right here, and I can't quit. And I, I know they think, man, this guy's crazy. (laughs) This guy's nuts. But I can't help it. I love this. I love this scripture, and and I love what it means. I love the pictures in it, and I know every bit of it is pointing to Jesus Christ. All of it is. And so. You can get excited about killing bulls. You can get excited about incense. You can get excited about the horns on the altar. You can get excited about them burning the carcasses. You can get excited about them taking it outside the camp. All of that points to Jesus Christ. He died outside the gate, by the way. They took care of what was left of that beaten body and took him outside the gate and they crucified him. It all means something. Um, but you got to look at it that way. If you don't, it's just words.
4: Brother, I used to I used to tell people that uh, I watch movies over and over and I find something new, different in them every time I watch them. But that don't even mean anything anymore. Now that I've gotten serious about studying the Bible and reading the Word, every time I read it, I learn something new. The same stuff I've been reading I said, I didn't know that said that. <laughs> but I'm just telling you as an example, you can exchange the things that used to be in your life for the things that should be in your life now. And and that's, that just stirs me up. The, the more I read about uh, the Bible, the, the more I want to read. The yeah. more encouraging it gets. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And it's a fascinating. Yeah. It's a fascinating
0: story and because, I don't see, understand. you're not just reading it now, you're studying it now. Yeah. There's a big difference between just reading and studying it. Yeah. And a lot of people read it, yeah, but few people study it. They, they look for what they don't know and they find it. Mm-hmm. And you can read it a hundred times and still find what you don't know in there because you ain't going to know all of it. Yeah. I love y'all, y'all stand up. I don't think you go where i Well, well this study, you, you picture it instead of just reading That's right. And, and when you read something don't try to read so much in a day you know people try to read the bible in a year or, or six months you, you 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 put yourself in a bind where you I don't know you need to just read what you want to and chew it up and digest it
4: and you pass stuff. over and miss too much when you do it that yeah.
0: way you, 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 set a, you set a goal for yourself that, that you don't need to set that's not study. All right, let's uh, go ahead and have a word of prayer. And uh, we dismiss. Brother Jim Boss, would you dismiss us, please? Dear Lord, we just
2: come before you, thanking you tonight for, for the many ways in which you've blessed us. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day we've had today. Lord, just want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to gather together to study your word and giving Brother Gary the insight to bring the word to us in a way that we can can chew on it and understand what's really in there for us to learn. Lord, those that we've mentioned standing in the need of prayer tonight, Lord, we just ask that your will be done in their lives. Lord, if it's healing, so be it. If it be anything else, Lord, just give us the wisdom to understand that you are in charge and your will will be done around us traveling grace as we go away from here to back to our homes. Lord, just bring us
5: back at the next opportunity. We these things in our Amen. 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 Thank you, brother.